Welcome to the Apostasy Show, hosted by JLB. This presentation is being streamed via the Dark Matter Digital Network in association with the Infinite Plane Society. You can find all our episodes at the website apostasyshow.com. There, you can also leave audio messages to be played during the show. New episodes are streamed every Monday beginning at 12 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time. The Apostasy Show is an entirely independent production made possible by supporters from all around the world. Check out apostasyshow.com to find out how you can get involved by sharing your treasure, your time, or your talent. But what is apostasy? Apostasy is the act of giving up your religion or political beliefs and leaving behind a religion or a political party. Apostasy is embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. One who undertakes apostasy is also known as an apostate. Basically, apostasy is the act of leaving behind your old belief system. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. If you have begun to peer behind the curtain, then you probably realize that you were taught things as a child which are simply not true. And you probably also realize that if you simply question the orthodoxy of our day, it can make the regular folk around you rather uncomfortable. Some people are not ready for these kinds of conversations, and in many cases, they never will be. But here at The Apostasy Show, we're making apostasy great again. It's okay to question what we think we know, and that's the whole point of The Apostasy Show. Now here's your host, JLB. Yes, JLB here. I'm even on camera today. Episode 6 of The Apostasy Show. Great to be here. Thank you, Sereno, for the intro. Now, I did leave something in the uh, live stream chat asking, is the audio good? And so far, I haven't heard from anybody. So I need you guys to tell me, is the audio coming through okay? Because there's no point in me talking if people can't hear me. So let's wait for the good folk. Empress Infinite says, yes, JLB, audio good. Pango420 says, audio is fine. So yes, guys, welcome back to the Apostasy Show. We may have started about midday uh, US Eastern on a Monday and... Up until this episode, we've been on time, every episode. Today, a few minutes late, so please forgive me for that. But boy, have we got a show for you guys today. We've got a voicemail. Actually, no, we don't. Nobody left any voicemails this week. We have got a mailbag and a lovely comment left on the after show of last week's call. And a fantastic email sent by one of the new members at johnthebond.com. So a lot to discuss today. But let's get through the usual stuff that we talk about. This is being streamed through the Dark Matter Digital Network, darkmatter.radio. And it's also being streamed through the JLB Podcast YouTube channel. So hopefully for the next few weeks, months, maybe even years, we will be able to stream it through the YouTube channel. But you never know. You never know what YouTube's going to do. Whereas Dark Matter, Tim Osmond controls that. That should be there for a long time to come. So make sure you check out darkmatter.radio just in case anything should ever happen to this YouTube channel. And it's not just my show that's on the Dark Matter. You've got Infinite Plane Radios here, Fakeologist Show, DMDN show, The Wormhole, and there's actually more than that. That's just a, a short list. So lots of shows there, 24-7 streaming internet radio. Go and check it out. And of course, apostasy.com, A-P-O-S-T-A-S-E-E.com. Now, this is the voice, uh, the mailbag, rather, that we're checking out later on in the show. And you can leave your voicemails or your mailbag messages, and uh, we play them or we read them out during the show. You can be part of this, even if you can't listen live. You can still be part of this by apostasy.com. It's all free. It doesn't cost you a cent. I spent a little bit of money on the voicemail uh, facility. There's a, a business, a website that pr provides that, and I'm happy to pay. You've got to spend money to make money, as I say. 
And some services are worth the cash. And so I pay them. And that means that you don't have to pay a cent. You can leave voicemails. It doesn't cost you a cent. Go and check out apostasy.com. And let's go to the live stream chat. See who's in there right now leaving messages. Let's take a look. whole bunch of people. They're all saying that the audio is good. I do appreciate that. Mike G's in the house. Connor G, Rome, Alpha 4. Waterman Chris is there as well. Tim Osman himself. Good to see you all come out for the show. Now, of course, one of the other things that we do with these early episodes of the Apostasy Show is we take a look at the 37 things that the normies believe and the 37 things that the conspiratards believe. So why don't we go and take a look at that right now. Let's get started with 37 things normies believe. And so far, in the five official episodes and the two um, pilot episodes, we've gotten through maybe a third of these things. So the idea is that for the first few episodes of the series, we're going to go through these dot points one by one and give them a bit of an overview, but not going into too much detail. Once we get through all of the dot points from the two different articles available for free at johnthebond.com, links in the info box below, once we get through all of them bit by bit, then we're going to dedicate an episode to each one of those things. So one week we might be talking about the spinning ball earth paradigm that many people believe in. One episode we might talk about the diamonds. People believe their diamonds come from underneath the earth. They're mined in Africa by, I don't know, diamond slaves or something. That's what they believe. Is that true? We'll take a look at that. We'll take a look at things like people believe that the the truth movement is infested with paid shills sent to discredit us or to whatever it is they're sent to do. We're going to dedicate an episode to that. We'll dedicate an episode to the Titanic. Did it ever really exist? We'll dedicate an episode to food. Is it safe to eat? Cows. Is it good to eat cows or cattle? As my main man Lucas from Bitcoin, Bitcoin Brisbane would say. Uh, all these topics to talk about and so much more. But in these early episodes, we're just going through the, the dot points. So let's get straight to it then. Let's take a look. We've already looked at all of the earth and life. We've already looked at the history. And we've looked at the health. And now, this today, we're going to look at the government and war beliefs that some of the normies tended to have. And I've uh, made this point very clearly before. I'll make it again. Some of the things on this list you might still believe. That's okay. Maybe it's true. Maybe I'm wrong. That's definitely possible. It's, this is not about saying that you have to agree with me that these things are not true. It's about exploring what do we believe and why. That's the whole idea. Let's explore what we believe and why. What do other people believe and why. And let's have a chat. Nobody has to die and nobody has to get hurt. We can just have some fun. So let's get straight to it then for this episode. Government and War, number 18. Okay, this is from 37 Things Normies Believe. 37 Things and Normies Believe. And this is item number 18. Remember, the whole list is available for free. The article is available for free at johnlebon.com. Link in the info box below. Number 18. State-funded and regulated education exists to improve the knowledge or welfare. Knowledge and or welfare, I should say, of the populace. State-funded, regulated education exists to improve the knowledge and or the welfare of the populace. That's what the normies tend to believe. So you get the idea. You've got this government of your nation, and they provide services. And one of the services they provide is education for your children. So little Billy gets to be four or five years old, and then he goes off and hangs out with the other kids of his age at the local school, and there's a teacher, and there is a playground, and there is a sick bay if he gets sick, and the teacher is there to teach little Billy how to read, how to write, because these are skills he's going to need as he gets older. And, 
And the government is doing all of this to help little Billy and to help you and to help society. That's what most people tend to believe. Now, can I tell you, since I wrote this article, this was from four years ago, I've come to the position that, that maybe this actually is the case. Maybe school is there too, to help us. But maybe not in the way that we think. Maybe there's a benefit for the regular people, for the masses, for the proles, as, uh, as our boy uh, Eric Blair, George Orwell would say, for the gammas and the deltas and the epsilons, even the betas and the alphas to an extent, to be homogenized, socialized, conditioned into one big monolithic group where everybody follows the same customs, everybody has the same beliefs, and everybody is fit to work in this big economy that we have. Maybe we actually are better off that way. I'm very open-minded to that. What I don't believe is that it's necessarily beneficial in a sense of objective truth. Because we live in an objective world. We've got our own subjective experience of it. But there is elements of this world that's objective. Okay, We either do live on a giant spinning ball or we don't. This world either used to be inhabited by giant lizard birds or it didn't. We came here, we as in the so-called human beings, the homo sapiens, we got here through evolution, or we didn't. And so on and so forth. Maybe school is passed off as being about teaching us the objective truth, when really it's about something very different. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean it's not good. So I want you to tell me in the live stream chat, those of you who are there, do you think that, that state-based education is, is a good thing? Do you think it is a valuable thing? Uh, did you send your children to school? If you haven't had children, but hypothetically you might, would you send your children to school? Are you glad that you went to school? Do you think it benefited you? If you were in charge of your country, would you still have state-funded education? These are the kinds of questions I want your answers to in the live stream chat. Speaking of which, let's go and take a look, shall we? Just have a little glass of water first. Beautiful Bulgarian tap water. Ah, this is good stuff. Can you see this glass? This is, uh, this mug came with the apartment. Can you see that? Ajax. Ajax, is that how you pronounce Ajax, the football team? I think it is. Ajax, maybe? Ajax Amsterdam. Oh, they, they must have won the Europa Cup in the, in the year that this uh, mug was produced. So there you go. Beautiful Bulgarian tap water. I should have said, by the way, at the start of this presentation, I'm coming to you from beautiful Bansko, Bulgaria in Eastern Europe. It is snowing outside. It is snowing like you wouldn't believe. It is freezing cold, and I love it. Okay, two years stuck in it. By the way, Asia, great place. Malaysia, beautiful country, fantastic stuff. But when you get stuck there due to the so-called lockdowns and uh, you spend a few months there, maybe more than you plan to, where it's very hot and humid and noisy and there's people everywhere and it's a little bit hectic at times, it's nice to come to a completely different place where it's small, and there's nobody here, and it's quiet, and it's calm. And you go to bed at night, and you cannot hear a single thing. And off to sleep you go, just in peace. And then you, when you wake up, you wake up, ideally, because your body's like, you know what, time to get up. Although I do have a neighbor, and the dogs just go nuts sometimes, but it is what it is. But I'm not waking up due to cars flying past my condominium. I'm not waking up due to car crashes on the freeway. I'm not waking up due to the motorbikes that apparently don't have mufflers. Vroom, vroom. I mean, it's just crazy. It's nuts, okay? So this is a beautiful change, and I have to say, I'm loving it. Things are good at the moment. You know, life has its ebbs and its flows, its ups and its downs. And at the moment, I'm just at one of those 
ups. You know, I'm just in one of those flow. Things are flowing very nicely. And I'm very grateful. Praise kick, Chatelet. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for all the good. And I have to say, that's one of the main differences between what I'm doing here at johnthebond.com and apostasy.com. And I would also argue what uh, Tim is doing at Dark Matter Digital Network. I, I would put to you that myself and, and also Tim, I can't speak for Tim, but this is my interpretation of his work. It's not as aimed at, oh, you know, it's so sad that the masses don't know what's going on. It's so sad that the TV is lying. It's so sad that we're this small minority of people who can see what's going on and, you know, the world's against us and... I'm not saying that's what anybody has said, okay? The other people who create content in the scene and, and their audiences, and some of you, I'm not saying that's, that's what you guys are saying in those words. But that is how it comes across sometimes. It's like, oh, you know, if only more people knew the truth, or if only the TV didn't lie, or if only, you know, and I get it. We've all got an ideal world in our mind that uh, we wish the world was, sure. But the world isn't that way. So why focus on the negatives? All the time. It's okay every now and then we want to vent, get things off our chest. I get it. I understand. But why have this general attitude of, oh, if only the world was different? Well, guess what? The world is what it is. And sometimes the world is a beautiful place. Just my opinion. I want your thoughts in the live stream chat. Let me know what you think about all of this. So let's go and take a look at the live stream chat. We're talking about 37 things and normies believe. Number 18, live stream chat have to save themselves. And then, by the way, guys, you can listen to these shows on delay via MP3. I upload them the next day. So when I upload them, they're uploaded to Podbean, which means you can get them at Spotify or on the Podbean app. The Spotify app or the Podbean app, this will come up in your feed if you subscribe to the John LeBond feed. It's free. It's easy. And, yeah, if you can't listen live, sure, the video is nice, but who... No offense, guys. Who wants to sit there in front of a screen for an hour watching something uh, some of you do, that's cool. Not me, I like podcasts. So if you're like me, you like podcasts, you like to listen when you're doing the gardening or walking the dog or on the way to work or maybe when you're at work, if you can get away with it, which some of you can, totally cool. These shows, all of them, are available right now. The Spotify app, the Podbean app, or just go to apostasy.com and just download them directly or stream them directly. I mean, there's so many options. And uh, that's going to be the case going forward. This is episode six. This is the eighth consecutive episode. And I suspect there's going to be many more. So let's get to the live stream chat, see what people are saying. Let's take a look. Lost Spider P says, The government loves me and wants me to succeed to my fullest potential. Now, LSP is being facetious, I suspect. But maybe, in a sense, the government does want us to live up to our potential insofar as our potential is as part of a collective group playing our role, whether that is as an accountant, or as a teacher, or as a gardener, or as a person who pours drinks at the bar, or as a security guard, or as a truck driver, very important truck driver for logistics, or as a repairman for when the power lines go down. I mean, there's so many roles that people have to play, none of us can play them all. We need someone to repair the power lines. We need someone to open the dams when they get too full. Although there's something happening in Australia right now where I've got some theories about that. Actually, we'll talk about that later. But you need someone in charge of that. You need someone in charge of collecting the garbage. You need someone, I need someone to make me my coffee in the morning when I wake up. I'm like, ah, another day in Kick's Green Earth. Praise Chatelet, right? I don't want to make the coffee. I want someone to do it for me. And there's all mechanic. I mean, there's so many things we need people to do. 
the education system does lead to that. Okay, because little Billy learns how to read and to write. He gets older, goes to high school. Eventually, he knows enough English and enough mathematics to do just about any job or go off to get more training to learn how to do those jobs. And by the end of the process, you've got an 18-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 22-year-old, 25-year-old, depends on what they're studying, and they're skilled or they're knowledgeable in one narrow field. And then they will probably dedicate several years, 10, 20 years, maybe their whole life to that thing. And because there are so many people doing different roles, society works well, doesn't it? I can wake up and I can uh, turn on my router because I turn it off every night. I don't like the Wi-Fi when I'm asleep, when I'm trying to get to sleep. I can turn that on, it comes on. If it doesn't come on, then there's a problem that someone can fix for me, right? Go and get my coffee, walk around a little bit, take my garbage out, someone's gonna collect it the next day. Um, I get on the internet, someone, someone built the internet, it wasn't me. Someone made this blue Yeti, delivered it. I mean, life is easy in many ways because people are trained in to do what they do. And the education system facilitates all of that. So even though I think LSP was being a little bit facetious, maybe, and I'm just putting this out there, guys, I want your opinion. Maybe the education system, for all of its apparent flaws, maybe there is a benefit to it. What do you think? Let me know. So let's carry on with the live stream chat comments. Linda Curtis says, the 12-step program of education gets you your first degree in masonry. Interesting. I really don't know much about masonry. I know you're being a little bit facetious as well, but I don't really know much about masonry. I know lots of people talk about masonry. I have been in a lodge once, but it was no longer a lodge. It was now a cafe. This is out in Queensland, Australia, when I was doing my road trip into the middle of Queensland for the Dino Skeptic Road. By the way, dinoskeptic.com, check it out. We stopped in at a cafe that was a Masonic lodge that had been turned into a cafe. So I have been in a lodge to get a beautiful coffee, but I've never been into a lodge uh, you know, for a meeting. I've never asked one to be one. And I haven't even read any of their books in full. I downloaded a couple of books like Morals and Dogma, but I didn't read the whole thing. I just read like a little section. I really don't know much about masonry to tell you the perfect truth. Maybe one day I'll investigate further. <clears throat> Pardon me. I can't edit out the, uh, the drink breaks and the, the throat clearing. So forgive me, guys. This is live. It's great to be back with live radio, by the way. I love it. Five years ago, I was doing weekly shows. And <laughs> where does the time go? But if you like stuff that sounds beautiful, no dead air, johnthebond.com, more than 100 member podcasts that have been beautifully edited, no dead air, no throat clearing, no, uh, no nonsense, just beautiful sound, beautiful conversation, the best podcast in the world, bar none, just my opinion, go and listen to some, tell me I'm wrong, I'm all ears. Alright, so let's get back to the comments, Alpha4 says, I would homeschool if I had children, easier said than done. That's a very good point. Easy for me to sit here and say, oh, if I had kids, I would homeschool them. It's easy for me to say that. I don't have kids. You know what I mean? It's so easy to say, I would do this or I would do that. But come on. Uh, it's easy to say. It's another thing to do. And so at Alpha 4, I agree with you. Eric F. Bear, which seems like a new name. Welcome to Apostasy Live Show. Apostasy.com. Yeah, yeah. Eric F. Bear says, school comes from a cult called scholasticism. Interesting. We think of the word skol, scholastic, scholarly. What's the etymology of that word? That is a very good question. Why don't we find out? I'm going to bring this up right now. Etymology, scholastic. Let's find out. From the 1590s, of or pertaining to scholastic theologians. 
theologians is in people who theorize and discuss God and faith and all of these lovely abstract metaphysical things. From French scholastique, from Latin scholasticus, scholasticus, of a school, from Greek scholastikos. It's funny how French, Latin, Greek all have super similar uh, words etymologically for this. The Greek scholastikos means enjoying leisure, devoting one's leisure to learning. Well, isn't that interesting? Because the modern school isn't leisurely uh, learning, is it? It's, hey, Billy, you're roughly the same age as Jane and Bob and whatever the hell they call kids these days. So now you all learn the same thing. Today we're doing our seven times tables. Today we're reading this book to learn a few words. Today we're learning the difference between there, there and there. Which, by the way, this is one of the things I do like about school when they work properly. They teach people the difference between there, there and there. When I'm reading people's writing and they don't know the difference between there, there and there, just for one example, I think to myself, man, mind you, sometimes people make typos. I make typos. That's okay. Like we forget, like we're typing, we forget which word is word. That, that happens. But a lot of people out there, somehow they pass school, they still can't even communicate in their own language, in our language, English in this case, above what I would consider to be a grade six level. I mean, by the time I was in grade six, I, I truly believe this, by the way. My English skills were above and beyond the average full-grown adult, then and today. And I put to you, that's not so much the fault of the people, the education system, insofar as it is meant to teach people basic communication skills, is terrible, at least where I come from. I went to public schools uh, when I was in uh, Australia. And most of my English ability came from just reading books. I just used to read books like they were going out of fashion. I was a big goose. You guys remember Goosebumps by R.L. Stein? I got into those books when I was like seven years old or something. And I must have read maybe a hundred of them. I can't remember. I think my parents still have them. I think my parents still have like a bookshelf with all these books that no one's read, except for the Goosebump books, which I read, read the whole lot. And uh, yeah, it could have been 50, it could have been a hundred, could have been more than that. I don't know. But just... Just reading all the time is where I developed a lot of my uh, English skills. And if I had a child, regardless of whether they were homeschooled or they were going to a, a government school, I would just encourage them to read. I would read with them and then hopefully they would develop an interest in reading and then I could just get them as many books as they want. Hopefully in the future we still have libraries with books. We may, we may not. But that's what I would do, just get them interested in reading, and then they'll basically teach themselves without even trying, in a scholastic sense, according to this etymology, because they do it for fun. That's what I was doing. I was reading Goosebump books because I enjoyed it. I truly enjoyed those books. And I was very fortunate because my parents made a lot of mistakes with me and with uh, all of their children, just like all parents do. But one thing they got right was my mum, when I was a little kid, came to school. I don't know if you can still do this these days, you know, because schools are all guarded like Prisons, at least in Australia these days, it's phenomenal. Like my primary school, my primary school, I went to several schools when I was growing up because my parents moved around a bit, but one of the schools I went to as a kid, we had fences that were maybe this big, right? Like I'm thinking maybe maybe a meter, okay? Like they were small enough for us to jump over. If someone accidentally kicked the ball onto the road and, and we weren't allowed to go jump over the fence, right? We had to go and get the teacher's permission. Then the teacher would come and observe some to go and get the ball, right? That's how it used to be. But of course, our top oval where we used to play soccer a lot, and sometimes footy as well. It just depends on what people want to play at the time. That oval was pretty far away from the from the rest of the, the school, I suppose. And also, 
there was like an embankment. So the fence was actually below eye vision. So if there was no teachers around, you could pretty much get away with jumping over, right? But of course, most of us didn't want to take the risk that we might get in trouble. But there's always a few kids in any class who are like, they enjoy it. They're like, yeah, I'll be the hero who goes and gets the ball. So someone kicks the ball, someone accidentally ricochets it over the, over the road. Ah, what have you done? And then it's like, all right, who's getting the ball? And there'd always be one or two kids who are like, don't worry, I've got it. Take a look around, any teachers around? No, no, it's all clear, all right? Do, 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 do. Jump over, go and get the ball, kick it back over. Yay, jump back over, the kid's a hero. Those are the days. Well, guess what? At that school now, you can't do that anymore because it's not a one meter fence. This is dead set, by the way, guys. This is in Southeast Melbourne, and I'd be willing to bet this is all of Australia, but certainly where I'm from. And by the way, this is not a bad neighborhood. It's not a good neighborhood. It's not like it's a low socioeconomic area, but it's not, it's not like, dang, it's like, even, even, even Australia's low socioeconomic areas aren't really dangerous. Not the way that certain areas of uh, England are or America. In Australia, apart from the remote communities full of the, you know, full of a different type of people, in Australia, even the, the, the poor areas really aren't that, that dangerous, right? And yet, despite that, the school that I went to for several years as a kid, it now has fences that are, they could be two and a half meters. I'm not sure. But it's, it's like a prison. It's like a complete prison now. Same as the high school I went to, same thing. Used to have one meter fences, now it's like a prison. And I remember the first, because I moved away after um, high school, I moved to the suburb that the university I studied at was in. So I would only go back to my hometown every now and then. And I remember the first time I saw those fences around the school, I was just like, what the hell? What's going on here? You know. Now at the time, I didn't know what was going on in the world. I didn't understand all the agendas. And this is all uh, before I became aware of certain things. But even then, I was like, what the hell? So kids go in, like, they're in a prison. Like, even the kids don't understand, like, in a, in a, on a subconscious level, they're spending, what, from 9 o'clock till 3.30 in a prison. Or from 8, 8.45 till 3 p.m., whatever the, the school hours are. It's like they're in a prison, isn't it? Very bizarre stuff. So that's not leisurely. Kids go in there into a freaking prison, and then, and then they're told what they can learn, when to learn it. They're told what to do. Oftentimes classes they don't want to do, they have to. Given very little agency in, in how they study. That's very leisurely. So the modern school, the point of my story here is according to this etymology of scholastic, the modern school is far from scholastic. Anyway, getting back to my earlier story. So back when I was a kid, uh, in grade prep one, two, we had a thing called grade prep, which is when they were, you know, five years old. I, I guess you guys might call it in different parts of the world, maybe like it's back when I was a kid, I don't know how it is now. Back when I was a kid, you had play group for when you were about three or four years old. Then kindergarten, which is often at the same place as the playgroup, just different hours, different days. At least it was for me. Then you go to grade prep, which is at the school, and then you have different. I mean, the first few weeks we had different hours to the rest of the kids because we're the preppies, we're the special kids. And then grade one, two, three, four, five, six at what we call primary school. And so anyway, back when I was a kid, if you were in grade prep or grade one, you would have uh, like a reading day every week where people's parents could come. It was usually the mothers, obviously, because the fathers... This was back when the fathers worked and the mothers didn't. Uh, mind you, by then, there were, there were women working, but it wasn't as uncommon to have house mums. And so they had time to come in and read to the kids. And my mum did. So I was one of the kids I thought I was pretty lucky. My mum would be one of the people who'd come in and help the kids read. So you'd have the teachers helping people read. Like the whole classroom would be open. In fact, we had two classes that would merge for this particular exercise every week. And then, yeah, there'd be a couple of teachers walking around and then two, three, four, five parents, usually mothers, also just reading with kids, helping kids read. And so, yeah, like I was encouraged to read as a kid. 
Uh, my parents bought me all the Goosebump books I wanted. And also I got a lot of free ones from a friend. One of my friends, his dad worked at a, a factory that was somehow involved in the distribution of these Goosebump books. So they got lots of free Goosebump books. I don't know how, but they were given to me because I knew I loved them. And so I got all the books I needed that I wanted to read. My mum encouraged me to read. She would come and help read. Like it was positively reinforced at the point of my story. And I truly believe that that, that that was a huge, like almost an unfair advantage over everybody else. And that's why I dominated English right through school. And communication abilities are so valuable in just about everything. So it's not just in the English class that it was useful. It was in all parts of life. And, and the point of my story here is just by being encouraged to read and given all the reading material I wanted, yeah, I think I had like a 10x advantage over most of the kids around me. And so if I was a parent, that's what I would do is I would read to my kid, encourage him to read, and then whatever books he wants, done. All right, I'll read with you, I'm trying to say. That's what I would do. And this is one of those things where it's like, it's easy for me to say, but I think it's also easy to do. Someone says to me, oh, no, man, I'm, I'm too busy to read to my kid. I'm like, give me a break. Like, that's just ridiculous. And some people listening right now are starting to get offended. They're like, because they know deep down they could have been reading to their kid and they didn't. I'm not trying to offend you. Like, if I was a parent, I would make lots of mistakes, guaranteed. Being a parent, especially your first kid, and I was my parents' first kid. <laughs> of course, you're going to make mistakes, but I think a very easy way to help your kid be a superman is just read with him or her, encourage him to him or her to read, and then encourage it right through so they become self, like they become, they teach themselves. Yeah, they'll become autodidactic, won't they? Such a simple thing. And yeah, a lot of kids that I went through school with, they passed year 12, and their English is worse than mine was in grade six, and I'm not exaggerating, I am not, at 12 years old, my English was better than most kids graduating now in year 12. I'm not exaggerating, this is not braggadocio, I'm telling you. That's the fact. So schools, are schools good or bad? That's, a, that's for you guys to decide. Let me know in the live stream chat. But if schools are not enforcing reading, which they're not, at least where I come from, then there's a huge opportunity being missed. And maybe that's by design. Maybe you don't want too many people who can read and write and, and communicate well and be autodidactic. Maybe you don't want that. Because then maybe you've got less chance of getting the the factory workers and the taxi drivers and the other jobs where uh, English skills are not not required. They might even be... I mean, if you've got people working in a, in a chain, in a system... By the way, let me go back to my website because sometimes this OBS goes black. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, when you've got people working in a, in a process, a systemized process, whether it's in fast food, in uh, working in warehouses, working in... I mean, people don't really produce much these days in the country I come from. There used to be three... I think it was, no, there was four car manufacturers in Australia. When I was a kid, there was Ford, Holden, Mitsubishi, and Toyota. All, there were four different companies producing cars in Australia when I was a kid. They're all gone now. There's no car manufacturing in Australia. As far as I'm aware, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty confident they're all gone. So we don't really have the, the production lines the way that we used to, but you get the basic idea. Most jobs these days are following a set process, a set path. The more that someone uh, can think for themselves and articulate themselves and the more they're in their own mind, the more they're likely to question why they're doing this or why they're doing that, the more bored they're going to get, the more likely they're going to quit the job. So maybe you want people who are, you know, not as thoughtful, not as capable, independent of the of the group, is what I'm trying to suggest. So I've thrown the three different ideas at you in the last 10 or 15 minutes, but the whole idea is just to explore different ideas. You let me know in the live stream chat if you're watching on delay, leave a comment in the comment section below. If you're listening on delay, please leave a comment at apostasy.com. Leave a voicemail, leave a mailbag. Send me an email, johnthebond123gmail.com. I want your thoughts. I've got my thoughts 
and I've got my Blue Yeti microphone and I've got this weekly show and I've got a website that I run. I've got the platform I need to share my ideas. I want your ideas. Tell me what you think. Speaking of which, let's go to the live stream chat, see what they're saying. Can we go back to that? Where is it? Here it is. No? There we go. All right. 30 plus people watching live. Welcome all to the Apostasy Show. Great to have you guys here. Now, I didn't promote this show this week. I didn't do a YouTube video promoting it. I didn't send out a mailing list. I just put out a tweet an hour ago. I wanted to see what happens if I do no email and no YouTube promotion. And look, we've got, okay, almost 40 people watching live. About what we had last week. Uh, we had 60 live at one point a few weeks ago. But you can see that the numbers really are low. And I want to play you guys a video in a moment that goes into this topic. You know, those of you who are here knew, you have no idea how the scene was five years ago. Five years ago, a show like this would get 100, 200 uh, live viewers. And I know that because my weekly shows were getting that two, uh, five years ago. The scene has changed. And all these people telling you, we're growing, we're... Sp no, that's actually the opposite is true. If anything, the so-called truth movement, insofar as people are aware of media fakery, which is a niche within the, the broader act realm, act as in AECT, Alternative Conspiracy Truth, the act realm, most of the act realm is, is practically useless. The ones who know about media fakery, that's, the, that's a subset that's actually worth anybody's time, in my opinion. If anything, that group is atrophying. It's getting smaller. And people don't want to hear this. No, JLB, we're spreading the... No, we're not. Or at least I'm not. Maybe you are. Maybe in your world, the numbers are growing. But the number of people who can look at the TV and say, see how that TV just told me that this person killed these people? I don't believe it. I think they're lying again. I'm putting to you the number of people who know about this and are actively engaged in the scene. It's lower now than it was five years ago. In part, I put to you because five years ago, we did have YouTube was actually assisting us with search results and what have you. That's over. Five years ago, I don't think YouTube was ghosting us. Now I think they are. And yeah, the scene's getting smaller. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Let me know what you think in the live stream chat. So let's go back to the live stream chat. By the way, are we already 40 minutes into the show? The time just flies, guys. This is why it's so good to have the after show. By the way, the after show begins about five minutes after the initial hour ends. And you can be part of the after show. You can either listen live, you can listen on delay, or you can take part live in the chat at the JLB Discord server. If you want information on how to join the JLB Discord server, just go to johnlebond.com. Links in the info box below. And I'll tell you what, last week's after call, possibly the best member call that we've had this, I would say this year easily, but probably top five in the last 12 months. And we've had a lot of member calls in the last 12 months, as you can imagine, especially back in uh, March, April, May, June, when all of this nonsense was, you know, really ramping up and people were starting to realize, hold on, this, isn't, this ain't no temporary thing. This, is, this could be the new normal. We had so many member calls, it was crazy. And many of them were awesome calls. But I think last week's after call, the best. The best this year and possibly top five, I would say. And we've probably done 50 member calls in that time, so. It was an awesome call. Big thanks to Mike G for being there. Big thanks to Hilly from Minnesota for being there. They were the two main ones who were active. Awesome call. And get this, I'm planning to send that out the second hour of the member call from last week via the JLB mailing list in the next couple of days for free. Okay, normally just for members of JohnLeBond.com, you'll get it for free if you're on the JLB mailing list. Link in the info box below. And when I send that email, I will also send, uh, let me think, I'll do a YouTube video to say, guys, check your email inbox. I'll also send out a tweet. You want to make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channels and or following me on Twitter because I use all three together. Because if I just send the email, guess what? 
they can even not censor but ghost us via email. When I send out my mailing lists, a huge proportion of those never make it into your inbox. They go to your spam folder or to your promotions folder. So even though people sign up to my mailing list willingly, they want this material, especially the free stuff. Normally for members, they get it for free. They want it. I'm not spamming. This is legit emails that people signed up for. It still goes to promotions and spam, okay? So that's why I also do a tweet saying, hey guys, check your inbox, check your spam, check your promotions. And I do a video saying, guys, because maybe you don't see my tweet, maybe we're getting ghosted on Twitter as well. So I also send out a YouTube video. So between the three, the idea is most people will find out, hey, there's something good waiting for you in your inbox, go and check it out. And I'm gonna send last week's after call to your inbox in the next couple of days. Make sure you're on the free Jubby mailing list. All you need is an email address, link in the info box below. And when you've listened to that after call, one of two things will happen. You'll either think, actually, you know what? These after calls are pretty cool. I want to hear more. And there are more available at johnthebond.com. Member calls up the yin-yang. Or you'll think, man, JLB and his, his crew, I don't like these people. They're too philosophical. They're too abstract. They, they're too at peace with the world. I want anger. I want vitriol. I want people pissed off at this, at this world. I want people to be talking all kinds of smack about how they want to hurt the politicians. Well, guess what? We don't do that. Most of the members of JohnBond.com are at peace, relatively speaking. You won't hear much anger or vitriol or poor ass the world. You won't hear much. You will hear some of it, but you won't hear much. So when you listen to last week's after call, one of two things is going to happen. You'll either think, actually, I like these people's attitude towards life. And you want to hear more? And there's more available? Or you'll think, man, JLB, I don't like that guy. Or I don't like the other members. Or I just don't like their shtick. And that's cool too. Different strokes with different folks. What a wonderful world we live in. So many options, so many places to go. There's an almost infinite amount of content to consume. There's all these different online communities to be part of. You've just got to find what works for you. And maybe, maybe these articles will work for you. Maybe they won't. But you'll get to find out for free when I send out that mailing list in a couple of days. So join that johnthebond.com mailing list. I strongly encourage it, strongly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, boy. So let's get back to the live stream chat. Goodness gracious me. Let's take a look. Connor G says, and let me just clear my throat. <clears throat> Pardon me. And by the way, the member calls last year, beautifully edited. You won't hear throat clearing or people having a glass of water. I made it sound bellissimo. But for the after calls this year, we're just recording and uploading like it's live radio. And I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. It's, it's so much easier just to record, render, upload. It's a beautiful thing. And you know what? Most people don't even care about the occasional interlude. Most people don't care. They're more interested in the conversation. So it's been a good thing. So Connor G says, my daughter just started school this year. The zombies wearing masks and washing their hands nonstop. I'm the only person at the school collecting her without a mask. Yeah, I would believe that. And then if the parents are wearing the masks, are they just doing it to go along to get along? Or do they believe there's an invisible body possessing demon out to get them? Because if they believe that, what do you think little Jane believes? What do you think little Sally believes? What do you think little Peter believes, right? So your, your son or you say your daughter? Yeah, your daughter is surrounded by people with these negative fear-based vibes, right? Even if they don't consciously know what's going on, they're in like a fear state because the invisible body-possessing demon could be anywhere. Anyone in this classroom could be possessed by the demon and you don't know who. So everyone has to wear the mask, yeah, 
follow the rules, wash your hands. In some schools, sit behind what a plastic, like a perspex screen, because you don't know. Like any one of these kids could have the demon. And you know what? Maybe some of those kids are particularly scared of your daughter because her dad, her dad doesn't wear the mask. He is inviting the demon. He wants the demon. He wants to spread the demon, right? I mean, who knows? That's the mindset of the people we're dealing with here. So one of the problems of sending a kid to school is when there's a mass psyop going on in the world, as there might be as we speak, there are follow-on effects from that, flow-on effects from that. And uh, poor, you know, poor little, say your daughter's name is uh, Megan. Poor little Megan is just surrounded by people in this fear-based mindset. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. I would suggest. Just my opinion. But I can imagine you're in a tough spot, Connie because what are you supposed to do? Pull out of school and then now what? She can't socialize with other kids? It's a trade-off, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. It's a, it really is. I'm so sympathetic to, to parents in the situation they find themselves in. Like, do you send your kids to school? I mean, tough decision, man. I, yeah. In a way, I'm glad I'm not in that situation having to make that decision because, yeah, tough, tough decision. All right, so Jungle Jim says, some states much better than others. I don't know if he's coming from America or from a different country. I would guess America. About half the audience at JohnTheBond.com is from America. Jungle Jim continues, private schools generally going to have more expectations of the children academically and discipline-wise. Parents use state curriculum to homeschool, also popular. Yes, I can't speak to, to your countries, but certainly in Australia, uh, we have the private schools and the public, and generally the private are considered to be more academically focused and have more focus on discipline. But there's a huge spectrum of private schools from the elite private schools where it's, what, 20 grand a year? I think some of them 30 grand a year for one kid. I, I kid you not, 20, 30 grand a year for one kid. And I think they offer discounts like the second kid is, is at a half rate. Or something. But that's still a lot of money, a lot of cash through to the, the base level private schools where it might be a couple of grand a year, maybe basically nothing really compared to the more expensive ones and then i guess there's a relationship between that and uh and certain outcomes academic or discipline or what have you so we have that system then we also have the, the public system so when i was growing up in the town in the suburb i grew up in there were two private two public the two private schools one was catholic one was just a just a regular christian denomination I, i'd imagine and both of those two were relatively cheap like i, I come from a suburb that's not particularly well to do but even within our suburb it was known the parents who care about, who really care about their kids education send to the private school you know and in the catholic one had like you had to have certain haircuts and they wore their their blazers and you know like these little things I, I think do make a difference plus one of my friends from the street that i grew up in he went to that catholic school and their sport system was their sport uh, program was so much better than ours at my school we would have a cricket because like cricket's one of my favorite sports We'd have a cricket day once a year against a couple of the schools from our area. And then the winning team would go off to the, uh, the next level, I guess, the zone level. And then if you win that, then you go off to state, right? So you might get, if your school's good, you might get two or three days of cricket a year, right? If your school's good, if you're one of the winning teams. But most, most public schools in my area, you get one day of cricket. That's it. That's the whole day's, that's the whole. And cricket's a huge sport in Australia, mind you. Whereas old mate from uh, down the street who we used to play cricket with on the street his school would have a cricket day during cricket season every week right so they would get 
I don't know how long their season was, but it might be, what, six, eight, ten days of cricket a week? Uh, sorry, per, per season? Like, they had a proper cricket day every week against the other schools. That's a huge difference. And that's without talking about the training facilities and what have you. I mean, it's just chalk and cheese. And that was at a crappy private school. The even better private schools, I mean, it's just, it really is, like I said, chalk and cheese. But that's, that's the Australian perspective. I don't know about the, the rest of the, the country. But my point is, yeah, there's, there's a huge difference in academic outcomes, sport outcomes, and, and discipline between the public and the private. But um, most people probably find this topic boring. Not me, I find it fascinating. I mean, pedagogy just in general, the way that people are taught, and then the outcomes of the education system. I find it fascinating, but probably most people don't. But don't reason, guys, remember, the reason why we're talking about this is because this is one of the 37 things normies believe that state-funded education exists to improve the knowledge and all the welfare of the populace. So let's read a couple more live stream chat comments, see what people have to say. That's one of the things we love to do here at the apostasyshow.com. Apostasy.com. Where's my tab? With the, there it is. All right. NA Literalist says they love you so much. I think he means the government, probably being facetious. Rome says we need a better education system. Well, like, let me know. Please, Rome, go to apostasy.com, go to the mailbag, and type in your thoughts what would be a better education system. What would you do? If you were in charge of all of this, what would you do? What would you expect to be the outcome of doing that? And why would you want to do that? I would love to read your comment on next week's show. History Buried says JLB with a little fire emoticon. That's like an in-group way of conveying positive sentiments. So I appreciate that. Waterman Chris says we unschool. And by that, I think he means the kids go to school. But then when they come back, it's like, okay, so what nonsense were you taught today? I think that's kind of what he's getting at. Empress Infinite says, I homeschool, and yesterday's lesson was about the golden ratio. Interesting. Good on you for homeschooling. I can only imagine it, you know, it, uh, it does mean you're taking away from other time or other, other things. I'm curious, Emp- Empress Infinite, do you uh, make a habit of having your children hang out with other kids, like other homeschool kids, like go and play some sport or uh, spend some time learning together or playing together, like making sure the kids are still with other kids for the socialization aspect? Because I think, I think it's very important. So I'd be curious to know how you get around that. A job two series taught us facts. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Obreek says exact same story for my school fences too. Obreek, what country are you in? Is it Australia, America, Canada? I'd love to know. LSP says I graduated in 91 and my high school had no fences and an open campus. They fenced it in 93. Here's another thing. When I was a child, when I'm talking grade prep, I'm talking five, six years old. There was this thing called the safety house system, okay? And, and we had someone come to our school and teach us that if you see a house in your neighborhood with a safety house sign, this yellow and black sign with like a, a house smiling, that's a safe house, okay? This is a house that has signed up to some government program and they've been vetted, I suppose. They're safe. So if you're walking, because do you remember how kids used to walk home from school? Sounds crazy now, but when I was a kid, we walked home from school, we rode home from school. Most of us, literally most of us. These days, almost no children do. Why? Because it's so scary out there. There's all these baddies. And we know that's true because they tell us on the news all the time. This kid was abducted. This kid was abducted. Uh, Those two little British kids abducted a kid and then beat him up and put him on a train line or something. I mean, it's guys, it's a jungle out there. So you can't have little, uh, little Jane and little Jack walking home i mean what kind of uh i mean how irresponsible are you as a parent 
to let your child walk home in the neighborhood, man. Drive to the school, pick them up. Yeah, and so now, like the part of the world I'm from, the, the areas around the school are just packed with cars come end of school time. Why? Oh, because it's dangerous out there. I've, I've had this conversation with parents. This is literally what they tell me. It's too dangerous for their kids to walk home. And we're, we're, talking, we're talking literally a few hundred meters in many cases. This is another thing my parents got right, although at the time it was normal, this wasn't anything exceptional, was having me, myself and my brother, walk home from school and then we got bikes, we used to ride home from school. And we lived a decent distance from the school. It might have been a couple of kilometers, I think, which as a little kid this big, that's, that's a decent journey, right? And so we would ride to school, ride home from school. And this is good for so many reasons. Obviously the exercise is good, but more important than that is the independence when I was a child, it was normal for children to be taught independence, not by word, but by action. You've got to be at school by nine o'clock, so you've got to leave home by 8.30, whatever, which means you've got to wake up at a certain time. So we did. My brother and I, we would wake up, we'd watch the cartoons, we'd eat our wheat bix or whatever we were eating, and then have to go and jump on the bike and ride to school. And that's what we did. And I'm, ta- I'm talking... Oh, let, me, let me think. I can't remember if they let me ride to school on my own grade prep. Can't remember. So I don't want to say I was five because I don't know for sure. But certainly by the age of seven, okay, by the age of seven, I was literally getting up, having breakfast, brushing my teeth, jumping on the bike and riding to school on time, walking the bike to the bike shed and getting to class by nine o'clock by my by seven years old. Okay? And again, it was only a couple kilometers, but maybe a mile, right? But that's not that's not like a mile. As the, as the bird flies. I'm trying to say, like, you, you can't see the school when you leave the house. You could go down this road, go down that road, go down that road, right? And there was a hill too, so on the ride, uh, let me think, it was the ride home from school, go down this massive hill. Man, it was so much fun, it was great. And think about the independence that teaches children to do that. It teaches independence. Because guess what? Once a kid's halfway home from, from uh, school, or halfway away to school, and this is before smartphones too, so if anything did go wrong, you're on your own as a kid. But guess what? Stuff never, like it almost never did go wrong. Maybe your, your chain breaks, right? Okay, big deal. So you, you, you get off your bike, you walk at home. That'll fix the chain when he gets home from work, right? But that's a problem you have to fix yourself. Or maybe, maybe one time you're going too fast, you come off your bike, you hurt yourself. Well, guess what? Mum's not there to, to kiss you and make you feel better. Now you've got to walk home with a bloody knee. <laughs> and you get home, oh, and your mum's like, what happened to you? Oh, I fell off. Oh, okay, whatever. Like... The independence that comes from that. The, the generation of kids growing up now, do you think they have that independence? Heavens no, they don't, right? Because they're driven to their little prison complex. They go through their classes about white privilege and gender pay gaps and all this nonsense. And then they get picked up and driven home where they sit on their computers. I mean, and I'm 33 years old, guys. So we're talking a change in what? One and a half generations. This is the change that we've seen. It's phenomenal. So just wait till the children coming through school now. Just wait till they reach adulthood. It's, you think it's a circus out there now. Just wait for these kids. To, I mean, it boggles the mind. One of the main reasons I want to live to old age is just to see what happens next. Seriously. Because like my generation was a bunch of pussies compared to the generation before us. But compared to the kids coming through now, we were Vikings. We had no smartphone. We were riding ourselves to school and back. No intervention from parents or anything. Complete change to what's happening today. So getting back to my story about the safety houses. 
So we were taught, uh, if you see, if something goes wrong, if someone tries to kidnap you or if something goes wrong, you can go to the safety house, even though you've never met the people there. They'll answer the door, they'll, they'll let, let you in, they'll call, remember we used to have landlines, they'll call your mum or your dad, you'll be safe, right? So think about what they were doing though. Even back in 1993-94, in suburban Melbourne, Australia, they were seeding this idea into people's minds that you need the safety houses. Always know, always keep your eyes peeled for the safety houses, why? Because any moment, someone would come and try and abduct you. They were already seeding that idea into people's minds, weren't they? Yeah? And think about what that does to people psychologically. But at least we were walking home, riding home, and uh, it was a great thing. I, I feel very grateful. I feel very grateful that I was encouraged to read, and I was encouraged to get myself to school. If I was if I was a kid now, I'd be I wouldn't evolve into JLB. I wouldn't evolve into the world's leading skeptic. I wouldn't evolve into this guy who runs this website and produces this content. It just wouldn't happen. I would have been raised like the kids are now to be a a complete intellectual pansy, a an epsilon, right? A, a dumbass pro. That's that would have been my that would have been it for me. And I think I think this might be one of the reasons why. The media fakery where subs uh, subsegment is atrophying, or why it is getting weaker, because think about it. Five in the five years since the the good times of 2015, 2016, people are five years older. In that time, people have aged; they lose interest in in this, or they've they've passed away. They're replaced by the new people coming in. You think a 20 year old kid or a 25 year old young man typically gives a shit about any of this? No, they've been brainwashed even worse than we were, and they have no sense of self, no sense of independence. Many of them have grown up with a smartphone. They don't know what it's like not to be part of the hive mind. And they never will. And this guy's get... Here's the thing you have to understand. And I think most of you do understand this. There's no change in this. This is the world today. Yeah. So I put to you, the in terms of people thinking for themselves and doing this kind of thing, the best has already come. And from this point forward, there'll be the occasional exception. There'll be the occasional kid who's 20 years old who is, who is thinking. It, it will still happen but they'll get rarer and rarer and rarer. And the numbers of people who know what's going on is going to slowly but surely diminish for a whole number of factors, many of which I've already touched on. It is inevitable. There's nothing that you can say or do to change it. Nothing I can say or do to change it. This is just how it's gonna be, my friends. And that's why there's no point sitting around complaining about it. Oh, it sucks that people don't. Well, guys, this is how it is. This is the world in which you live. Every morning you wake up, to a new day on this beautiful Keck screen earth. If you want to see things as bad, that's up to you, man. But this is how things are today. So why look at it negatively? Me personally, I try and see the upside of it. It's an upside for people who have kids because you can raise your children to be supermen and superwomen. Miles ahead of the pack, just by teaching them to read, by encouraging them to walk to school or to ride to school. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if little Billy's in class and these days, the bike shed, there's only, two, there's only two bikes in the bike shed. When I was a kid, the bike shed was packed. You had to get there early to get a good spot. These days, there might be two, two bikes in the bike shed. Right? Imagine the other kids saying to little Billy, Billy, why do you ride to school? Why doesn't your mum drive you? Because I prefer to ride. It's, I, I enjoy it more. My mum's busy. You know? Oh, isn't it dangerous? Yeah, it's dangerous, but you know, I can handle the danger. Yeah? I mean, imagine that. That'd be such a psychological boost for the kid, like... I'm the one kid in the class who's not scared of riding a freaking bicycle to school. Yeah? And if we're not there yet, if we're not there at the stage where the bike shed has two bikes, we're getting there. Okay? In fact, if I ever do go back to Australia, I probably will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wander down and, and in, uh, inspect some of these schools through the freaking three-meter fences 
maybe with some binoculars after hours so no one thinks anything dodgy's going on and just see, do they even still have bike sheds? Like, do they even need them? Do the kids ride bikes to school anymore? I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that if they still have bike sheds, the sheds are empty compared to 20 years ago. I'd be willing to bet any amount of money. So yeah, so one of the upsides of all of this nonsense is the parents who do know what's going on can raise ubermensch, okay? Supermen and superwomen who are smarter, more thoughtful, more creative, and tougher, tougher mentally, because they're not scared of riding a kilometer to school. That's one of the upsides, guys. That's one of the upsides. The other upside is we get to watch the circus roll on, guys. As my main man, Aaron Clary, would say, enjoy the decline. Enjoy the madness. Especially those of you living in the West. Now that I'm here living in the East, uh, it's not quite as mad as, as the Western world. But it'll happen here too. It'll happen eventually. Okay? There's no stopping this. But for now, yeah, I don't see that kind of insanity. I see kids walking around all the time here. Walking around, riding their bikes. I even saw a kid once. He would have been maybe... As a guess, maybe 10. Maybe 10. In his skiing gear, right? Walking with his little skis. He was walking home from skiing. At the... Which way am I facing here? This way. He was walking home from skiing. Right? He would obviously spent a day skiing on the slopes here. And then... He'd, he'd either skied back to town, because you can ski back to town, or caught the gondola back. And then from the top of the hill where the town is, or where the main tourist area is, or the main mm, commercial area is, walked down the hill all by himself. Right? Well, imagine that. Oh, that's, that's so cool to me. That, that kid, I can almost guarantee, is going to be cooler, smarter, and stronger than 99% of the Aussie kids. Right? Through no fault of the kids, by the way, through the fault of the parents. But even then, not really the parents. The parents don't know any better. They, 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 don't, they don't know any better. They don't know any better. They're just raising this, this generation of pansies. Meanwhile, here in Bulgaria, you've got little 10-year-old kids. I mean, maybe he met his mates on the slopes. They all skied together. And then they separated when they went home. Right? Or maybe he just wants to go skiing that day. He's, he probably has a season pass. He's probably like, Mom, I'm going skiing. All right. Yeah? Remember dinner's at six? You know what I'm trying to say? Off he goes. How cool is that? And you know what? In Australia, and in, in your country too, it used to be that way. Not so much for skiing, unless you're from a ski area, but just the kids went off. In fact, they were told to get out. Get out of the house, right? Get out. Like when I was a kid, video games were just, like they'd been around for a while, but they were starting to get really big. The PlayStation, the Nintendo 64, these were getting really big, really popular. But when I was a kid, it was kind of like, at certain times, your mum would walk in, there's your, you and your friend, she'd be like, you've been on that for two hours, get out, go and do something, right? That was common back then. Seriously, not just me, even at my friends' houses. Sometimes we'd be sitting there playing, the mum would come in, boys, you've been there all day, go out. That was common. And thank heavens for that. These days, does that happen? I doubt it. So yeah, Australia, America, Canada, New Zealand, the Western world, just raising a bunch of pansies who have, just have no hope. No hope whatsoever. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? That's a subjective matter. Now check this out, guys. I've gone 10 minutes over time today. I haven't read all your comments. I haven't read the voicemail. I had an awesome comment from last week's after show I wanted to read, but I've just been rambling and monologuing and we've gone way over time. So it's time to end the first quote unquote hour of the show. The after show will begin in about five minutes on the JLB Discord server. I hope to see you guys there. Let me just double check to make sure that this is still recording. I've got no producer and I haven't been checking the live stream chat. I've just been, I've just been talking, haven't I? I tell you, here's what we're gonna do guys. I'm gonna spend the next five minutes reading out your comments. Then we're going to wrap it up. On next week's show, we're going to come back and take a look at the other 
37 things that normies believe and the other 37 things that conspiratards believe. We're going to get through this list one by one, guys. One by one. And then hopefully by episode 10, 12, 14, we'll have dot-pointed the whole lot. Then we can dedicate one episode to each of these topics. That's my plan. That's my hope. That's my dream. That's my goal. And hopefully you'll be part of it. But uh, today I just got carried away, didn't I? So let's read out it. And, and also next week, I'm going to read out the voice out of the mailbag that was left. Uh, let me just put this on the screen right now. Uh, that, that, this was the awesome comment from AP that I wanted to read. We'll read that next week. And then I had something... Uh, so I'm going to read this next week and we'll talk about this. It's about Tesla, Hugo Gernsback. <clears throat> Pardon me, let me try that again. About Tesla and Hugo Gernsback and all these other things. We'll talk about that next week. Next week's going to be a fantastic show. We're going to talk about so many things. Hopefully you will leave your voicemail. Okay, it's free, it's easy. Apostasy.com, link in the info box below. And you'll leave your mailbag messages. And I will read those out on next week's show where we're going to talk about so many things and more. But let's just read a couple of live stream comment chat uh, things. I keep losing my tab here. Sorry about that. Here we go. 40 people watching live, guys. Thanks for coming out. Hope to see you all in the after show in just a moment. Let's take a look here. Mike G says he went to public. Fakeologist says yo-yo. Good to see you, Fakeologist. Akul Day says, pay to have your child brainwashed. Nice. They might be better off with free brainwashing. This is going back to the public, private debate. The benefit from, and by the way, I went, to, I went to public schools, okay? But the benefit of private schools can be that idea of the discipline. There's less unruly kids. Now, I was pretty lucky, even though I went to a, what was supposedly a bad public school, it really wasn't that bad. You didn't see fights in the yard all the time. Like, rarely did that happen. There was no knives uh, come to school. There was no real trouble, to be perfectly frank with you. However, there were some unruly kids who did disrupt classes and just they brought down the general vibe of the place. Plus, it was unacademic. It was, you know, it was... It wasn't uncool to be good at, uh, at your classes. It wasn't uncool to do well, but there wasn't, there was almost no competition. There was only a couple of smart kids per class. Whereas the private schools, because there's this emphasis on the academic side, there is more discipline. Uh, and I'm using the word discipline in a broad sense. So I'm not, I'm not saying that private schools are better. I'm just saying I can see why parents want to spend the money to send their kids there. If they're going to go to school anyway and learn the same bullshit anyway, why not with other kids who at least want to do well at something? rather than just bum around and do nothing. I can see the I can see the value of it. Empress Infinite says, yes, very uh, answering my question about does she make sure her kids socialize. She says, yes, very important. Park every day. Mum groups, cousins. I'm glad to hear that. That's excellent. Good stuff. Eve Olman says, I used to walk to school, a 15-minute walk. Not allowed now. Yep. That's my story. That's your story. I bet you there's a common story all over the Western world. Let's see, Fakeologist says, I walked to school both ways uphill. Fakeologist always with his sense of humor. Dirty Benny says, we walked railroad tracks to school, dodging the locomotives. I don't know if he's uh, being serious or being cheeky. Truth34, my main man Boston, from Boston I should say, says, the social dynamics of the average high school is highly toxic. Ideally, one could socialize their children amongst the community homeschooling network and create healthy social opportunities. Yeah, I agree with you, that would be the ideal. And I think the high school situation in America is a little bit different to Australia because their high schools are six years and when kids start there, in, in many cases, they're 12 years old, 13, they still haven't even started going through puberty yet. They're still kind of little kids. And so because by the time kids start going through that 14, 15, 16 year old you know, hormones and now they want to assert their identity and they want to form cliques and stuff, because of the Australian system, by the time that starts happening, the kids already know each other. Like they know each other from, from their innocent times, if I, can use, if I can use these words. like Not to say that 
Australian high schools don't still have the the bravado of the males and the the female competition. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Not to say that they don't have that, but I do think it's less than what I think happens in America. From speaking to Americans about this, and and from what I can glean from from movies and TV shows, which of course you take with a grain of salt, but even from the people I speak to, I do think in America there is this clickiness. But that's because by the time you guys get to high school, you're already what, uh, 14, are you? 13, 14, 15? A couple years older than Australian kids are. So by then people are already doing the teenagery stuff, whereas in our schools that's not as common. I think that might be one major difference. But also just the culture's different. The American culture is so different to the Australian culture. We're more like shrinking violets and people don't want to stand out too much, whereas in America, you know, generally speaking, People are all very uh, confident and assertive, and yeah, I can imagine that would be even more toxic in America than, than in Australia. But this is, guys, this is just me speculating. I don't, I've never been to America. I don't, I don't know. I'm just using uh, trickery force comments as a way to, to bounce some ideas out there. Fakeologist says, we need to breed fakeologists. Yeah, well, you and I have discussed this at fakeologist.com before. You have this idea of, I mean, you, you know what? It's not even, I'm not even going to talk about it. Come and join me, Fakeologist, as a special guest sometime, and we'll talk about your views on having children and families and what have you, because we have very different views on this, but if I say anything, it's not really fair because you're not here, so we'll save it for another week. Let's do that. History Buried says, the bifurcation will be conscious parenting. In other words, the division between the ubermensch and the, the proles will be in the, the parenting consciously. I agree with you completely. Waterman Chris says, Oh, he's talking about... I mean, that's a bit specific. So let's go to the next thing. Jenna Lovecraft says, I appreciate you, Joby. Thank you, Jenna. I've been doing this for... I, I started podcasting back in 2014. So we're coming up on seven years that I've been doing this. Of course, for the last few years, I've been doing this as my main concern, my main interest. So I've been able to write literally more than 100 articles, record and upload and edit more than 100 member calls, which means conversations like these with other people who know what's going on, uh, more than 100 member videos. So through doing the research for these and through listening to other people's ideas and having these conversations, it's given me a massive advantage over a lot of people who are bound to uh, this commitment or that commitment. They just can't put in the time. And just as a guy who goes to the gym uh, four days a week and does a proper session, his muscles are going to be bigger and stronger, generally speaking, than somebody else who might be coordinated, might be sporty, but they can't, they can't go to the gym or, or whatever because of whatever reason. Who's going to be uh, more fit and more strong and more athletic, generally speaking? The person working out the muscles. That's obvious. It's the same with our minds. It's the exact same thing with our minds. And so because I've been focusing on some of these abstract ideas or some of these non-regular ideas uh, so heavily for so many years, it's given me a massive advantage over a lot of people who maybe they, they wish they could do something like this, but they just don't have the time, understandably so. And so I do think at this stage, I've still got lots more to learn. Of course I do. But I do feel like I'm miles ahead of, of many of my content creating peers, if I can put it that way. And so I feel blessed that I get to do this. And the idea that some people appreciate it, I feel blessed. I truly feel blessed. Praise Kek Chatelet that I get to do this. Now, will I do this forever? I don't know. I never would have guessed I'd be doing this for seven years when I first started. Goodness gracious me. There was so much I didn't know back then, too. So will I still be doing this in seven years when I'm 40 years old? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe I will. But I can tell you this. The reason I can do what I'm doing is because of the supporters from all around the world. So why don't we go and give some massive props to those people right now? Beginning with the super agents, these guys have been here, most of them, for four years or longer. 
and they, I mean, you can't join the super agency anymore. Back when you could join it, the joining fee and the, the monthly fee was much more than, than for everybody else. And it was completely optional. I didn't try and talk anyone into it. There was a bunch of people like, no, I want to support what you're doing more than, more than the rest. Like, I want to, I want to really uh, try and support what you're doing here, Jarby. This was back when the website was very small. And I still had a so-called real job. That was how I made my money. This was like a little side thing. Back then, these people joined. They've supported me the whole time. Every one of these guys has been there for years. Alistair Kane from New York. Fung from Chicago, now California. Take No Gnosis from the Midlands in the UK, Birmingham. Apoc Shaker. Not sure where he comes from. Somewhere in America, I believe. Waterman Chris from Florida in the live stream chat right now. JPC from Canada. Hando from Estonia, just to the north of where I am right now. Truth34 from Boston. Nate M from, not Chicago, Illinois. Illinois somewhere, not Chicago to the south. Can Khaki, it's called actually. An original simulant also from Florida. Those guys, uh, we used to, our, we had a separate communication channel that we still do. It used to be more active than it is now. I think it was all of those guys They've really gone off and done their own thing in the world. Like I know for a fact, one of them in particular has started his own business. He's just enjoying life now. You know, we don't really hear from him much. I think that's cool. He still supports the site. I, I'm sure he's still out there. If he is and he's hearing this, he knows what I'm talking about. The point I'm trying to make to you is some of these guys, we used to communicate a lot. These days, not so much, but they're still there. You know why we're not communicating? Because they're off leading their best lives. And for some people, the internet gets in the way of that. And I think that's cool. Like, this is what I do now. I need... I'm on the internet. This is what I do now. But those who can get away from this and say, you know what? I've learned what I need to learn. I want to keep supporting Jarby because I like what he's doing. But I'm not really going to be there very much active because I'm off running my own business. Yeah, taking care of my own family. I think that's cool. So from that list, I can tell you there's at least... There is at least four guys on that list who run their own business. That's not a coincidence, guys. People who run their own businesses, who know what it's like to start from scratch who know what it's like to go through the ups and the downs of trying to build your own thing. Uh, the entrepreneurial mindset, it's a different mindset. And it's no coincidence that at least four of those guys run their own business. And I would put to you the entrepreneurial spirit, that comes from the same thing I was talking about earlier, this independence of children. Like, do you need to be dependent on the system to make your money? Do you need a job with a boss, with an HR department, with your degree that you got from university? Or can you go out in the world and build your own business building these things and selling them or providing this service and offering that. Can you do that? Will you do that? I put to you the entrepreneurial spirit is being destroyed at school and especially by these so-called lockdowns. Who the hell would open a cafe or restaurant right now when you can be shut down literally in a moment's notice? They are destroying the entrepreneurial spirit, guys, and I don't think that is by accident. We might talk about that in the after show, actually, but to the super agents, Massive thanks. I don't give you guys enough props. This is the first time I've given you guys any props at all, I think, in this, in this series. But um, to all of you, even the ones we don't hear from anymore, thank you so much for the support. Hopefully you, uh, you do hear this, but maybe in a way, hopefully you don't. Like you're literally just off doing your thing in the, in the so-called real world. Uh, that's really cool. But I can't thank any of you enough for the support over the last few years. It's just been phenomenal. Now we've got a few new members, KD, Tyson211, and me to you, Tom, the three latest message on the bond.com. One of you sent a reply to my welcome email. Awesome. I was, I was actually, I was going to read that tonight. No word of a lie. I've got a, a, a word spreadsheet here ready to go. Uh, I was going to read it out, but time has gotten away from us. With your permission, I'll read it out and give you credit in next week's show. But to all three of you, make sure that you do check out the forum, the Discord. That's where the fun's happening, especially in five minutes for the after show. And then all the other full members, guys, I'll read you out next week. But time has gotten away from us. But you guys know who you are. 
Big thanks to every single one of you for the support. This is why I can do what I'm doing. Now, guys, I have to wrap it up. These are meant to be one-hour shows. This has gone to 90 minutes, which is just crazy. But, I mean, none of that's dead air. None of that's filler. This is, this is just non-stop motor mouth. Goodness gracious me. A couple more comments, then we'll wrap it up. Let's take a look. Dirty Benny One says, many great observations today, JLB. Thank you, Dirty Benny. I do appreciate that. And I appreciate people like yourself in the live stream chat, leaving your comments, getting the conversation going. Very good stuff. Rome says that his mum used to... And Rome spells mum the same as me. So Rome is either British or Australian. He says, mum used to say that and kick us off sometimes, but mainly because she wanted to play it. My parents never played video games. My dad was... My father was so anti-video games. It was uh, crazy. That neither of them played video games. But one of my best friends when I was growing up, back in the Super Nintendo days, his dad played Super Nintendo. And it was so weird to me that... He would do the same thing. Like, we would play for an hour or two, and then his dad would be like, all right, boys, off you go. Go play. Ba-. They had a basketball ring, so we used to go play basketball in their, in their driveway. He'd be like, all right, boys, out you go, outside. And you know what he'd do? He would then jump on the Super Nintendo. And that was... Because you think when you're a little kid, uh, especially like a young boy, who like, how are you learning what it is to, to be a man? Like, he's a little boy, right? But what do the men do, right? Like, they are your role models, both your own father and then uh, the other fathers from your friendship. Like, if your friends, their fathers, like... You're looking at, like, what is normal? What is normal? Like, you're, you're learning, right? And so I had this weird contradiction going on where my father hated video games and he was just always talking shit about video games and criticizing us for playing. You know, he was a very negative dude when it came to video games. But then, my, at the time, my best friend, who had a better video game than us, we had, the, we had the, re- the normal Nintendo, they had the Super Nintendo, it was awesome. His dad loved it to the point where he'd kick us out and then he'd jump on. It was like, it was very hard to make heads or tails of, you know... Are video games just for us kids or are they for adults? Of course, they, that was back when video games were targeted at kids. These days, it's an adult thing, isn't it? These days, the supposed the video game industry is, is larger than the, the film industry, they say. Do we know if those figures are true or not? Obviously not, but yeah, these days, guys my age uh, are like the main demographic for video games now. Look how much that's changed in, in 20 or 30 years. I mean, the world is changing so fast. And I feel blessed that I get to talk about this stuff every week here at apostasy.com and on Dark Matter Radio. I strongly recommend you go and check that out and make sure you're on the JLB mailing list. Make sure you subscribe to the JLB uh, channels, the YouTube channels, and to the Twitter, or at least one of those things, because you never know when this channel might disappear. And remember, you can listen to these on delay, the MP3 file, I upload it for free at apostasy.com or through Spotify or through Podbean. The options are almost endless. Mike G says, after show, baby. Yeah, I mean, if we ever get there, I'm just, I just can't shut up right at the moment. You know, like, I'm just going nuts. I just can't shut my mouth and press stop stream and then go to the after show. But I will see you there, Mike G, I'm sure. Uh, Jenna Lovecraft says, thank you, Joby. Great content. I really appreciate that. Fakeologist says, Discord link. You, I send you the Discord, because it's an exclusive uh, server, Fako. It's an exclusive server. I send you the link when you join johnthebond.com. So... Yeah, it's not as easy as asking for the link. I have to send it to you, which I do manually once someone joins the website. And by doing this, we ensure that only people who are supposed to be there are there, which means we only get intelligent people, thoughtful people having conversation. It's a way to keep out the riffraff. It's what I call a filter. We filter out the riffraff. Now, people like yourself, Faco, you are not riffraff. You're an intelligent, thoughtful guy. The paywall is not really designed to keep people like you out. However, you can't make a beautiful omelette without cracking a few eggs. You can't have a filter without maybe filtering out some of the good people. You're one of the good people. 
but the paywall does filter out a lot of the riffraff. And I know that a lot of people hate the paywall. They're like, the truth should be... I'm like, guys, this isn't even the truth. This is like a club of intelligent people having conversations. So why should you get that for free? Someone has to facilitate it. Someone has to run it. And more importantly than that, someone has to filter out the riffraff. And I'm telling you right now, it sucks. This has happened a couple of times. I've had to say to people, look, I'm sure you're a nice person, but this website isn't for you. We're going to have to ask you to leave. You know, and generally there's a refund involved, like here's your money back. Uh, no offense, but I don't think you fit in here very well at the moment. Maybe in the future you will. But we're just trying to have conversations about things, all kinds of topics with no one getting triggered. And we're trying to have a fun time, have a good time. No yelling or getting triggered or saying, you can't, none of that crap. And at this point in time, I don't think you fit in very well, so you can't stay. And that's a shit job, I hate that job. I truly don't like having to do that, but I do have to do that. And one way I can ensure that I do that much less often is by having a paywall, because who's gonna pay the money to then come and be a, a, a damn fool, okay? Who's gonna do that? Almost nobody, almost nobody. And also, people who pay for good things generally tend to be more thoughtful people. Thoughtful people know you've got to pay good money to get good things, right? Dumb people are no good at budgeting and they spend all their money on fast food, alcohol, drugs, other vices, because they can't think more than a few days ahead. So does, the, does my paywall keep out some good people? Yes, sadly. But does it keep out a bunch of people who just don't belong and who would not fit in? Yes, it does. It serves its purpose. And that's why even if I won Tats Lotto tomorrow, I would still have the paywall, guaranteed. That's never leaving. There's, there's never going to be a time where JohnTheBond.com doesn't have a paywall. It serves too important a function. And I stand by that. And some people have a problem with that. That's fine. You are welcome to go and start your own website with your own Discord and make it open and see what happens. See what kinds of people you attract. Especially if you've got good conversation there, you'll attract a certain type of person who wants to be part of that to feel smart but has nothing good to offer and brings things down. And if you don't believe me, try it. Try it, see what happens. Come back and tell me I'm wrong. So, uh, Faco, I can't send you the Discord because you're not a member of JohnTheBond.com. I'm sorry. But, hey, maybe we can facilitate a special call, you and me, like a swapcast, fakeologist.com and JohnTheBond.com. Maybe we can organize something in the future. Because you're a cool dude, I like you. You're one of my three truth uncles. And uh, maybe we can organize something. Possibly. We'll see what happens. All right, let's take a look here. Oh man, there's just so many, guys, there's so many comments. I want to read them all, but time has truly gotten away from us. So we're going to wrap it up here. I'll see you in the JLB Discord, some of you, many of you, uh, in a few minutes. If you're not a member of JohnTheBond.com, don't worry about it. Just join the free mailing list, link in the info box below. In a few days, I'm sending you the after call from last week. Okay, one of the best calls we've had. You'll get that for free. Make sure you're on the JLB mailing list, and it will help you to be on the Twitter or on this YouTube channel subscribed, because I'll send you a reminder, hey guys, I just sent the mailing list but YouTube and Hotmail and others will probably ghost it. So go and check. And you listen to that and come back and tell me that either you think it's good or you think it's bad. Um, all is. I love feedback. So make sure on the mailing list. This has been streamed through Dark Matter Digital Network. Go and check it out. Tim Osman doing great work there. It's been streamed through the JLB podcast channel. Please leave your voicemails and your mailbags for next week's episode. I'm looking forward to that. Sorry to the people who I didn't read out your comments or your, your voicemails or your mailbags this week. I will do that next week. Time's gotten away from us. And uh, I think that'll do us. So on March 22, 2021, this has been episode number six of the Apostasy Show. Apostasy.com. That's C with your eyes. A-P-O-S-T-A-S-W-E.com. I'm John the Bond coming to you from beautiful Bansko, Bulgaria. Praising Kek 
for every day that I get on this beautiful earth and I feel blessed. And I hope that some of you guys do as well because maybe the world is not as bad as certain content creators want you to believe. Uh, maybe we're blessed to be here in this time and place despite all the things that are going on. Maybe there's things to be appreciative of as well. Just putting it out there. So that'll do us. Uh, I'll see you in the after show in just a few moments. But if you're not going to be there, I'll see you back here midday, Monday, US Eastern Time for episode 7. And that'll be in 7 days time. I'll see you there. Until then, take care of yourselves. Thank you very much. Let me go and get this uh, outro ready. Should have had it ready already. I'm doing my best to you guys. This is Serena to take us out. Thank you everybody for your support, especially the members of JohnTheBond.com. You all know who you are. And uh, I'll see you guys You've all been very soon. Apostasy show. Stream via the Dark Matter Digital Network in association with the Infinite Plane Society. Check out apostasyshow.com for all past episodes and to learn more about how we plan to make apostasy great again. It's okay to question what we think we know. And that's the whole point of the Apostasy Show. Until next time, take care of yourselves.